Hello everyone and welcome to We Be Podcast, where women discuss topics that matter to us. To her, We Be is women embracing better efforts. To her, We Be is women emerging beautiful, empowered. To her, We Be is women empowered by energy. What does We Be mean to you? This podcast seeks to dispel the negative perceptions of women and take back the narrative of women's experiences in media culture. With the power of faith and spirituality, the grace of motherhood and sisterhood, and with love for our communities, welcome to We Be Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first recording of the We Be Podcast in 2019. Happy New Year to everyone. What an exciting time it is in the life of In Her Space and We Be. We have an amazing discussion today. We have in the studio our hosts, Yamika Stevens, Tiffany Brown, Jamika Garrison, and myself, Irene Wade. We have a special guest in the studio, creative, youth advocate, community builder, and restorative justice practitioner, Darshiel Kaur. Last year, she hosted an amazing event, Journey Toward Healing and Transformation, and she is here to help us create a framework around our discussion through the lens of transformative justice. So what are we here to talk about? Today is January 15th, birthday of Martin Luther King Jr., and as we embark on another celebration of his life and legacy, we ask the question, are we better off than we were during the Civil Rights Movement? Of course, there have been significant gains and accomplishments. Of course, there has been changes. Today, we want to ask the question, have we truly overcome in the area of economic disparities, especially when it comes to African-American women and our issues? Are our voices being heard in the larger women's movement? And do our local governments take our concerns seriously? How can we use the framework of transformative justice to make connections and to create lasting change? It's a lot to talk about. Our hope today is that this discussion will spark a flame in the hearts of people to refuel their energy and passion for ourselves, our families, and our communities. So women embracing better efforts, let's talk about it. So welcome, uh, Darshiel. First of all, thank you so much for joining us today. We have an amazing discussion. I just want to get started with the first question. Are we better off today than we were during the civil rights movement? Well, hello. This is Tiffany. And I just want to say happy birthday, MLK. Happy birthday, Darshiel. Darshiel is here. She is here on her birthday. So we are so honored to have her here. And uh, happy birthday. Um, So I'm just thankful and honored to be here. And so the question is, are we better off? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I'll say we've come a long way, but I'll say we have many more miles to travel. And I think that, you know, it kind of just depends on where you are, where you're operating from. And we're all women here. And I know that we own some social justice spaces, right? We're nurturers. We are freedom fighters. We wear many hats. We're moms. Mm -hmm. We're sisters. And you know, aunties, and, you know, we wear all of those hats. And I think from wherever we are, we can make a difference. Yeah. But first it starts with us in our own lives. So for me right now, the work, kind of the work I'm doing is figuring out where I am in terms of how far I think I've come in my own personal journey before I can step out and say, gosh, you know, where else do I want to do work and who do I want to help, you know, move forward? Who can come along with me? Who can I follow? So I'm thinking, you know, for me, it kind of starts with self-assessment in order to answer that question. 
for us in this discussion is not to try to come and give expert advice, but really mm-hmm. just kind of speaking from our own experience. Because I think that's stronger. We know our own lives. We know our struggles. We know what we're going through. Mm-hmm. So it's powerful when we speak from our perspective. You know, I'm thinking about movement, you know, mm-hmm. where we are with this thing, you know, how are we moving in this thing? What are our contributions? I, I know I participate with my family you know, with the MLK march and we come together. How do we take the time to say, where are we in this picture, you know, as women, as African-American women in our own personal lives? I'll say, um, for me, when I actually, when I'm thinking about it, as you all are speaking, you know, I'm thinking about what has happened within the last three to five years. You can say, if I individualize it, I can say, you know, where do I fit in? But am I being heard at the same time? And do, do I matter? Um, you know, my thoughts and, you know, my perception of how I perceive things, you know, that's going on in the world and in society, you know, where, do, where is my place uh, in that? Yeah. You know, where can I put myself where I'm valued? And if I put myself in a place where I'm not valued, <laughs> how can I be heard? Mm. I'm not heard um, and I don't matter. Wow. Yeah. Do you think that's the sentiment of a lot of yeah. African-American I, I, women, I, that I, we don't feel I, that, that I, we're being heard? Absolutely. And what makes us more connective is when I personalize it to myself and I reach cross over to my sisters and my brothers, they feel the same way. So mm. I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. So we're all placed in these areas where we don't feel valued. Mm. And so that way, when we look at ourselves, it's almost like we lessen the value of how we even look at ourselves. Mm. So if I'm not valued, things that I think and say and, you know, and do, they don't even matter. So do I even matter mm. in this place? Is my voice heard? If I'm not heard and I don't matter, my sister's not heard and she don't matter. Where is our place at in this wow. world? Where do we belong? You know, where do we fit in? Is there a place? Wow. Wow, because actually when you said that, it reminds me of even when people are talking about um, voting. They, You know, a lot of people say, well, d- does my vote matter? I mean, you know, you hear that. It's translating in different areas of our lives. You you see it in our politics. You see it in engagement and in, in education. You, you see people complain about the fact that parents are not showing up at different things. But a lot of the conversation is, does it matter that I show up? You know, yeah, does I mean, it matter? And at the same time, <laughs> do I have a voice in this thing? Are they thing? even welcome? Do they feel welcome? Because in order for our parents to show up, me as a parent, mm-hmm. I have to feel welcome Absolutely. in a place where you're saying that this is for you. But then when I come in into this environment, it's contrary to what is being said. I don't feel wow. welcome. Yeah, and I think welcome is not saying. Hello there. No, How are you? It's no, <laughs> creating right. a place where I can actually speak and right. actually have a voice in what's Absolutely. happening in the in this process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I think because I think people think if I lay out food and <laughs> if I put out some bottled waters and that's the welcoming. No, it's beyond that. And I it's think people can feel that that's the artificial welcome. Can we get past that and give me a real space? Yes, um, as I'm as I'm listening, there's so many things going through my head right now as a parent, as a career woman, as a wife, and I think as a sister, um, community as advocate. A friend, I think we, to some degree, we're better off, but to some degree, 
from the time of Martin Luther King Jr., we've taken several steps back because of the many distractions that are out here now, the different ways that we're engaged with as it relates to social media, different media outlets. There's so much information that's really impossible for people to genuinely digest, dissect, and have an opinion, a a real genuine opinion about. I think we've been hurting ourselves and we really have to step back and understand what made Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement on different issues that even affected us as women so effective was so relational. It was so simple. It was relational. It was just, you you know, getting and interacting with your neighbor. It wasn't all these different Facebook groups, all these different platforms, Mm -hmm. all these different committees, all these different meetings. And I think we've gotten to the place where if we do... If we meet your basic needs, we show you that we care, but we're not sitting in the circles of what I think, and Darshil, you can chime in, can correct me about when it relates to transformative justice or even those emancipation circles where we really get beyond what does Jamika have on today? How is her hair? How is her makeup to who is Jamika? We've gotten to a place where people feel content with, hey, if we hold these meetings and you don't show up, we're not obligated to figure out what your real needs are. We're just obligated to report it. And then you guys figure out what your needs are and how you're going to get it met. I mean, that's, I think, the times that we're in. And it's unfortunate because you wonder, how do we get here? Mm -hmm. But we have so much research now, so much knowledge, so much intellect, that it's even hard for people who have the same exact struggles and the same exact needs to come together on one common solution (laughs) because we just we know too much you know we we all the way here with i mean nothing against the long article on transformative justice but in a nutshell i mean it, it really talked about the basic stuff that we i think just have forgotten about over the years mm-hmm. and so I think it comes back to how do I Jamika Garrison knowing all of this be more intentional mm-hmm. about what I post that it's not a quick reaction out of frustration yeah. to somebody else's lack of understanding yeah. of how what they just said just affected all these other people yeah. or how this, this ad uh, about Gillette and men being more responsible I'm not taking offense to that, but let me digest the information, what they're trying to communicate here. What can I take away as I'm raising boys? Right. And and what can I look for when they do their next article to make sure we also talk about how women need to respect men? So I think we really have <laughs> to start taking a step back from all the information and just getting down to basic mutual respect, mutual understanding, and how do we make our voice known and heard in that? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's powerful what you just said because, and I I definitely want to get to Darshiel because um, I was, when you talked about um, the fact that there has to be this as getting to know who I am as a person. I was so inspired by this event that I went to by the Hall Hunger Initiative. They were coming into the school talking with the students 
explaining to them what the issues were. And they used community members to talk to them. So they were, I was able to talk to them. I'm a mom of one of their peers. So I think it's those kind of spaces that need to happen. So children and families and women and all of us, our community members, we can truly feel engaged and feel like you're trying to get to know me and my issues and how we can address them instead of just throwing out policy. So, Darcia, we want to get you in this conversation. Give that framework around what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, well, y'all really set it up. Every comment uh, has been leading towards um, different values of uh, transformative justice. Starting off with, you know, the self. You know, where am I at? Before I'm just thinking about what am I doing out in the world for other people. But where am I at with myself? And then putting ourselves in places where we're valued and we're heard Mm -hmm. and not feeling welcome if we're not feeling heard. Mm -hmm. And then maybe being in those spaces and not wanting to participate fully or not opening ourselves up for those reasons. And then movements being relational, you know, Dr. King being someone that people could relate to and related well with individuals that he interacted with. Transformative justice is a response to dealing with harm. So like, we're all in a community together and then something happens, how are we gonna respond to it? Um, Let's respond intentionally so that we're not perpetuating the same negative things that happen in the larger culture, such as isolation and shame and guilt and punishment. But how can we actually build accountability? How can we make sure everybody feels heard so that they can show up fully uh, into that process and be accountable uh, for their community. And yeah, just how do we build moving forward and how do we basically be the change that we're wanting to see in the larger structures and systems of oppression, you know, that are, that are impacting us. Right. And it's making that thread between this is what I'm feeling inside of me and the manifestation of that out in the world is the prison or you know whatever institution that's out there Mm. um what that's doing to people is the same thing that i'm doing to myself or that we're doing to each other community with one another (coughs) um and so it's having that awareness and carrying that awareness as we're dealing with things and then in the context of social justice you know like if you're part of a group even if it's not for social justice even if it's just for community empowerment or whatever you're working with a group and you're trying to reach a goal, right? right. And there's inevitably going to be, you know, different opinions and there may be um, hang-ups. There may be someone who doesn't work with somebody else because of something that happened 15 years ago that no one really knows about other than that person, mm. right? We have a lot of those. I mean, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a millennial, so I'm, 20, I'm 29 today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of you know, beefs or, you know, conflicts. I don't get it. That happened maybe, like, before my time, you know, but they're impacting the work that I'm trying to do today, you know, and maybe because we didn't have these kinds of processes. The point about these are human things, like, it's not necessarily something new, um, being accountable to your community and not involving, you know, the police or the criminal justice system every time something happens and trying to figure it out together in a way that 
reduces the amount of harm. That's not new. One of the things I remember during our conversation, for those of you who are listening in, how we even prep for this for this conversation is that we have a, a messenger and we go back and forth and share information with one another. And you mentioned something about connecting the dots. We all kind of work in groups and you even said how your work is being impacted by maybe beefs that have taken place. You have no idea. How do we begin to connect the dots in a way that can eliminate some of those barriers that keep us from making progress? What will it take to do that? What does that look like? One thing that I can think of right offhand, and I'll use the perfect example, or not necessarily the perfect, but just a example. When we started our nonprofit organization, we didn't necessarily go to the powers that be for approval. We saw a need. We said, well, this may be solution oriented. Mm -hmm. If we start some education, start some awareness, and we just felt like borderline millennial, but you know, um, no, the years change. The, the years change. So, you know, somebody will tell me, Jimmy, you know, ain't no millennial. <laughs> so. But we learned after the fact that that was part of some of people's reservations, mm -hmm. like, what are your intentions? What are you trying to do? We have this already. You're reinventing the wheel. I'm like, well, if we didn't know it was there, then spin the wheel. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just saying, not to be offensive, no, but it no, was just yeah. like, we couldn't see it. And yes. I'm born and raised in this area. We just couldn't see it. So where was it? Where is it? We started to want to try to build those relationships to diminish those ideas and those thoughts. And it's just started with reaching out and having conversations. Sometimes you... You just have to humble yourself and say, hey, we would love to do A, B, C, or D with you. And if you keep rejecting us, we're going to keep coming back and asking for a partnership collaboration mm -hmm. until we help you understand and see, look, we don't care whose name's at the top of this article Absolutely. or who gets the credit. You know, let's just get the work let's done. Let's get the work because done. Because yes. <laughs> we have people in need who, you know, and, and need to get the resources, need to get the information, need to get the education. You know, what do we need to do? to make, move this forward if we've offended you. And I think that's where we are. We're at a place where people don't even want to tell you why they're offended by you. Wow. It's like you're scared to have the conversation. Let's have the conversation yeah. so we understand one another. You understand me. I understand you. We have different personality types. I might say something that might offend you because I might be a little more direct but or I might joke a lot. But, you know, if it happens, address it so we can get past that right. and then I can make adjustments interacting with you going forward but we you know we hide a lot behind Facebook I think and right. and social media right. with people that you think want to do different things and support what you're doing for the betterment of the community but then you you see you know when you ask people to share a post or share information for the benefit of everybody and you're like, man, I never saw you share that. I mean, you know, because you're, you're looking you're like, where's that genuine support? Right. You know, you genuinely want people to right. get the information, but then you right. don't want to put the information out there because your organization wasn't the one that worked on it. Wow. Really? Like, but the yeah. people need the information. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to totally agree with you on that. But here's one thing. When you get over yourself, 
you can help others. <laughs> and that's basically, you know, what it is. Yeah. What, when, I, when I get into a, a place where I'm working towards what I'm meant to do mm-hmm. and be in a community, it's easy, isn't it? What are you? are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You're open to that space. And one thing that we didn't say is one thing that limits and does a, I say, regression towards us working t- together is admitting our own faults and where we're wrong. And sometimes we don't want to admit things because we don't want to admit them to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So there's a blockage there, yeah. especially when it comes to helping, you know, one another. You know, intent is always there, but what are your t- intent? Is it good intentions or is it intended for your organization to be the one at the top mm-hmm. to highlight you know, what is going on. I think once we get over that part and get over ourselves, we can come together and we can make those, we can have those discussions and those conversations Mm -hmm. about, man, Tiff, I know it's been 10 years, but I finally got over myself. But I really want to have this conversation with you. And I know that you know that there's this awkwardness between us. And we're working in the community together. Yeah. But I am a big enough woman to say I'm sorry you know, let's do this thing for real. Right. Are those conversations had? Mm-hmm. They're probably not because some of us are still in our ego. Yeah. And we want to be at the top. Mm-hmm. Those conversations, you know, limit us from progress. Yeah. You know, how can we address social justices when we got justices within ourselves Ooh. that we never worked out? Oh. You know, those, those are restrictions. You know, that pushes us back. Mm-hmm. Then there is no progression. There's regression. So it's like, where can... My sister's voices be heard, you know, if I don't want to hear my own. Wow. You know, if I can't hear my own, I'm, I'm not really open to say that I want to hear everybody else. I'm just open to be seen. And That's, that makes a difference. That, that goes back to checking yourself checking and checking yourself. your motives and checking mm-hmm. your intentions and what you're really, uh, what are we seeking to do with what we're doing? Yeah. And, right. I, and I hear out here, you know, there's healing circles mm. out here. Mm. How are they utilized? Are we utilizing them? They're out there for us. Right. You know, how many people really take advantage of those healing circles? Mm-hmm. You know, the service is out there to us, for us, and it's not costing us anything because a lot of the people that are facilitating the healing circles are doing them because that's their service. Yeah. That's their duty. They're doing their own due diligence to work in the community for us. Right. But if it's constantly out there and nobody's utilizing it, how, how often or, you know, how open are those healing circles going to be to us mm. if we're not taking advantage of them? Are we, there some active circles right now? I don't know. And that's what I said. I've been to one, but I haven't uh-huh. seen any recently. They're necessary. Those are places of healing that can take place. But I, I feel like those who are in attendance have to be the ones to share with other people because that, that's what sparks mm-hmm. folks' interest when you mm-hmm. see, yeah, okay, oh, this is taking place here. You know, I may not be able to make it this time, but I'm mm-hmm. coming to this one. But if you don't hear about them and they're private yeah. circles, then yeah. So I, guess I don't this know. Is a question for Darshiel. Thank you. Um, are there some healing circles that you know of that people can just kind of like pop into? Okay. I don't know of any. And and I guess the other question is why can't is this a healing circle? We in a circle? I feel like we. I feel like it is every time we come together. I we, do. Look, every time I sit down in this room, it, so is that? So, so maybe the they're anatomy. happening. Are they yeah. happening? And we're not calling yeah. them healing circles, yeah. but they're naturally so happening. So what's like, Darshiel? Would you say? Is the anatomy or like 
what kinds of things do you have to have or do you need to call it like a healing circle? What are the elements? Because I have some, you know, essential oils in my purse. <laughs> oh, <loud and, laughs> some candles somewhere. But no, I'm joking. But seriously, like. Um, oh, she will break like, out some healing oil. <laughs> but what do you think, though? Like, in order for it to be a healing circle, um, what does it need to look like? I'm not sure if I want to kind of prescribe like a definition of a healing circle. Mm-hmm. I think there's kind of two different conversations. There's community accountability and transformative justice, which is more um, like it has a form, like there's specific Mm. things and it has a function. The function is to deal with harms in a community. And they they could be things that are hard to get over, you know, like um, maybe a sexual assault or something like that, that is very personal and intimate and and then it, we don't want to involve, you know, law enforcement or something like that because that will make it worse or, you know, it could. And so let's create a process, you know, that has, you know, circles of accountability. So it has a space for the person who caused the harm to be held accountable and it has community members with them. And then the person who was, the, who was harmed also has circles to kind of meet their needs. So it's like, what is the need? And then whose responsibility is to meet those needs and then making sure that that happens and that it's always done in community. So no one ever is alone in the process. And then also how was the community impacted, not just the two individuals involved and then making sure. So if it, you know, maybe what the community needs is public education, like education on consent or whatever, then that would all that could also come out of it. So there's that. Then there's, you know, we need spaces where we can just be in community with one another and kind of relax from the day or, you know, find balance and harmony in our day-to-day lives. You know, I think that sounds a little bit more of what you're talking about. Um, And, you know, the idea of the cipher, right? The cipher is something that was there before anything was institutionalized, you know, um, that was just the circle is a natural formation, for people um even in the restorative justice world where we use circles a lot we always talk about how this was you know all of our ancestors at some point sat in circle to deal with stuff or to tell stories and things like that right um but yeah in in dayton though in our context i don't know of any regular circles that people can come to Mm -hmm. um but circles could be done with any once you know what the purpose is, then you create the activities or the questions or whatever, you know, to reach that goal. So when we're talking about transformative justice, are you saying then that we're, so we're, it's, it's all about community then, more so than even when we're talking about, you know, our issues and if are, are we being heard by our local government? So transformative justice would be something that's taking place within the community to create an avenue for our voices to be heard. Yeah, and to deal with the the conflict that stops us in our in our quest for social justice. Okay. You okay. know, like like we were just talking about these interpersonal challenges that we face when working with other people. This is a process. Um, and it came particularly from people in social justice movements who were they're at maybe prison abolitionists right. or police abolitionists or they understand that harm can occur on a structural level Mm -hmm. not just on an interpersonal level so then it's like okay so i'm 
you know, in the social justice organization and this person, you know, my comrade in the organization is being accused of sexual harm from another person in the organization. How are we going to live by our values? Like, we know we don't, we're trying to build another world where prisons and police are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. And so how can we not just replicate that same thing? Mm. Um, but it is with also with the idea that, you know, healing is necessary. Yes. And we can both have to happen at the same time. Healing the structures that cause us harm and transforming the structures that cause us harm mm. and healing within. Right. Like, I think, Yumiki, you were the one who said, or someone just recently said that everything is inside of us. Like, the same issues, the same injustices mm. that are happening out there are happening between us and even within us. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we are unjust to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, when we allow ourselves to kind of step outside of our integrity, cause harm to other people, cause mm -hmm. harm to our community, right. and all that kind of stuff. So, Dosho, how does it really help? I mean, I know it, it does, right? But what are some examples? Can you give us any For those who are listening who really don't know or haven't experienced or heard of it, um, give us an example of, like, a traditional way to deal with something versus what it would look like in a um, restorative justice um, lens. Yeah, and you're still talking about in the context of social justice. Yes. yes. Yeah, so um, it, it's really interesting because right as I w uh, went to grad school um, to study all of this stuff, there was a big case in one of the partner organizations that um, I had been working with in the past. So the partner organization was BYP 100, Black Youth Project. Mm -hmm. um, and out of Chicago, they had this incident occur like what I had just mentioned mm -hmm. like someone was um, you know being accused of multiple sexual harms or transgressions within the organization mm. um, and so it was public I mean the the accusations were public mm -hmm. so at that point it was like they they made a very brave courageous choice and which I like respect them to this day for it they made their whole process public so I was following their process as I was in grad school, like studying <laughs> wow. this stuff. And they had circles of accountability, like I had mentioned. So like the person who was being accused had people around him who he already had relationships with. Like these are people he feels comfortable, he feels he can be heard, you know, and be open and mm -hmm. be supported. And then the, I think the per person who was harmed, transgressed against, you know, also had circles and then it was up to the organization. They created a process where there were these individual circles. And I don't know for sure if they came together ever, like the two individuals came together in a circle. Mm. But if not, then at least the two parties came together in a circle mm -hmm. okay. to kind of discuss, like, what are the needs so that to make sure that the needs were being met on the on the individual mm. parties. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, that organization, now they have a whole, like, transformative justice wing to their organization. They travel to their chapters, and mm -hmm. they do different things. Um, and they're revisioning, like, models for all of us to be able to use. So I would say that's probably a way that the community needs were met. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, how was the victim and the offender? We try not to use that language. But those two people, how are their needs met? But then also, how is the community needs? So it's almost like it sounds like you're it's it's trying to stop the continuous inflicting of of hurt um, yep. and harm. Yeah. And 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 so you mentioned because you because we're in the vein, I wasn't gonna go here. I wasn't gonna say this, but uh -uh. 
to let's take a deep breath. And we're not going to go here too long. We I just be, and so since we're talking about women's issues, then brought up you know how transformative justice is used was used in that model that you're talking about sexual transgressions. More recently, we had. Um, you know the documentary series you know and it really sparked say his name girl I don't even want to say the name the R. Kelly docuseries came out (laughs) and it came out and I mean this was different to me the the feel of it was different and you could tell um, just by listening to people and conversations and I was getting text messages from friends and you could tell something was different about this thing and my concern, you know, as a woman was looking at this and saying, okay, I understand what the network was trying to do with it, but are you still inflicting harm to a community who, you know, did did they have an opportunity to have circles and spaces like we talked about early so that we can address some of the trauma, the re-trauma mm-hmm. that's happening by opening this thing up all the way up, you know, and for me, it was, it was you know, I don't know if we were ready for it because you could see people revealing some of their deepest experiences that happened to them in spaces. I don't know if it was safe for them. Mm. You see what I mean? That's what bothered me the most because, you know, I personally experienced, you know, my had my own trauma. So to for me to see someone else revealing that in a space where you could see the back and forth going forward, you know. And so when we're talking about this transformative justice, did did women, did African-American women really have a chance, you know, even with this come being rolled out to begin to say, do we have spaces to really heal? You know, or did people have places to go after they saw something like that to call somebody and say, if you need to talk, if you're experiencing you know, emotions that are causing you to relive the situation, which could cause people to become suicidal. It could go so many different directions. But were we ready for that conversation? I don't think we were. I don't think the community was because I heard people saying we need to create healing circles. I heard that. I saw that. I think um, I think in those instances, because I think there have been there have been in, in my mind, there have been several and maybe because I'm a PBS watcher, I, I've seen several documentaries. Um, I did not watch the R. Kelly documentary because I said his name. Because um, I just, I don't know, I don't think I have a lifetime. But I, I wasn't really interested personally in watching it. And it didn't have anything to do with what they experienced. It was more, I was more so interested in people's ability to now be able to recognize red flags Uh, I think that was my main takeaway and so as people were vulnerable were angry they were seeking I think resources seeking healing because you could see it clear as day on people's posts I mean there were there was one post where one young lady literally after every comment against she had a comment for I mean it was just she was up intentionally and I and all I saw was hurt that's all I saw I wasn't even mm-hmm. angry at just what hurt. she I just saw her hurt and I said man I bet she's a victim mm-hmm. but 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 doesn't even realize it or doesn't want to admit that that she's a victim and so I think for me people are having a conversation and I think that is a step toward healing and I think people are even looking to how do we create spaces 
where people mm-hmm. can have these conversations, which is what we're doing now. We're having the conversation mm-hmm. because I think in our households, a lot of us are having those conversations with our children. Mm-hmm. But like everything else, because you're doing so much as a parent, it's like, oh, shoot, this is a reminder. Let me mention it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, let me mention this again. I didn't think about that. Let me mention it right. again. You know, because you, you got to look be on the lookout for everybody. Your peers, yep. you know, your elementary age peers, your teachers, everybody. You, you know what's acceptable, know what's not. And let's have a conversation. I think what was more disheartening was people were trying to make it a, a race thing or make it a male-female thing. And it's like, no, it's just a hurt thing. Yeah. You know, it, people are getting hurt, uh-huh. whether black, white, black, yes. whether famous, not famous. Let's stop deflecting Uh (laughs) and let's recognize that these people these individuals these individuals who feel that this is their way of life you know they they're hurt too you know Uh they've been victimized as well and you know for whatever the reasons are that they do or don't seek assistance what have you Uh let's try and deal with the healing steps for everybody and it's when they're ready when everybody's ready and so as a person who you know, have seen people get victimized, was victimized. We have to figure out what is the best route for our personal healing, mm. which can be different from what Darshiel does, from what Tiffany yes. does, from what Irene does. Absolutely. Because one of the young ladies who appeared on another uh, show to talk about her experience, she says she has not sought wow. counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, she she deals with it by empowering other women who have gone through it and helping them recognize the red flags. So that to me, had that documentary never happened, you know, and and I think one thing that people, you know, don't realize is that it took so much longer for them to even be comfortable with talking about it. Because when you're, when you're a victim, you're not 17, 18 years old thinking, oh, I need to go talk to somebody. Right. You know, it took them a while to process and to even escape <laughs> to to be at a place where they felt comfortable sharing after they had a daughter, after they had, you know, all these different things. And I think understanding the process of victimization, what yeah. it does, what it looks like, what the process is, mm-hmm. we have to be more empathetic and it's not about bashing our men. It's not yeah. about bashing yeah. the white men exactly. who did it to our ancestors in the slave days. You know, it's not even about that. It happened. Right. And this is unfortunately a pattern that has continued generationally. Yeah. And how do we break it? How yeah. do we break the generational curse of it, if you will? How do we get beyond this? And I think this is it. This is how right. you have the, the conversations. conversations. And so many people couldn't just say, oh, man, I need to use this as a teaching moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally it, it's been fights. It's been right. debates. <laughs> it's been oh, they trying to bring us down. I'm like, no, can't nobody bring it down unless you, you, you fall down. You know, <laughs> I mean, so I think, you know, that's just. How I saw it. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, like most networks, it was an opportunity for them to, you know, some level of exploitation. But at the same time, the women were ready to have the conversation to yeah. talk about it, yeah. you know, and that was the platform. Nobody, you know, had made them do it. It was just like, man, it's a safe space because all these people that I'm doing this with, we're empowered mm-hmm. as a collective. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is how we can move forward and continue to try to live 
you know, our best lives after this traumatic experience. And to me, that was pow- more powerful than anything. That, wow, you're, you're talking about it. You have put a face with it. This is who she was mm-hmm. then. This is what she looks like now. And her daughter, one of the young lady's daughter, had experienced a situation with a guy that almost pulled her into that same situation wow. with the control, with the harassment. Uh-huh. And she recognized that because of her mom telling her story, which she just <coughs> heard with that docuseries. Wow. She had never heard the details of what happened to oh, her yeah. until that came out. And so to me, that's powerful. Yeah. Look what yeah, you just I did mean, for is, your daughter. Yeah, it is you know, powerful. I, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it, it, it gave them an opportunity where... It made them vulnerable, but as you said, they were ready. Anytime you're ready for your voice to be heard, you wait for that opportunity. We may not like the platform that is given. Right. We may know what that other platform intentions are, but my intention is to be heard. Yes. After I've been muted, lips sewn shut, duct tape, not Band-Aid, duct tape over my mouth for so long... And now that I've got the courage, see, what I saw was courage yes. in these women. Despite of, you know, the negativity that they have received, whether it be from the network or, you know, some of them said, you know, the victims were doing it to exploit for money. Whatever, you know, other persons mm-hmm. thought was. is like, my thing is, I cannot take away a woman's voice who have a story. That's right. To heal herself. That's right. We can't take away what somebody else's experience was. We can't take that away. Yeah. So the solution is talking about it. Yeah. We talk about generational curses and, you know, this thing, you know, has been going on through my family for years and years and years because everybody was mute. That's true. You know, what stays in his house, what goes Mm -hmm. on in his house, stays Stays in his his house. house. Yep. A lot of us went through, you know, that model of you don't talk about what goes on, but then, you know, uncle, you know what he's about. Mm-hmm. Or you may even know what your own brother is about. That's right. Your own father is about. And it don't have to be a male. It may be a female. That's right. We don't know those things. So my thing is seeing the courage that people have yeah. with talking about the experiences that they went through with the hurt. Yes. You know, the harm. You know, the destruction of, you know, harming a body where it puts you to the point where... If you're on survival mode and you're in that capture mode, you're going to do as the person who's controlling you say you do. So then that's a whole nother level, yeah. you know, a whole nother layer, you know, that the abusee has go, goes through. So, you know, my thought is, man, they, they, they're courageous, you know, in detail with saying these things happen to me. You know, I have this platform. I have mm-hmm. to talk about it. Yes. And that's, that's you know, the beginning of a solution is, you know, talking about it. Absolutely. But, you know, and also finding that opportunity for the extra help, you know, you know, the mental part of it, the emotional part of it, you know, that we're seeing mm-hmm. through the typing on social media where, you know, you're saying we all seen these posts within the last, you know, week or so where we're seeing the hurt. Mm-hmm. But there is no sympathy there. We're not empathizing because you see the comments. You know, I've been mm-hmm. reading comments I'm like, ooh, that was a little hard. Right. But then that was, you know, also judgment. Mm-hmm. You weren't there. And that's what I meant by the safe spaces. Yes. Because, and there is courage in sharing your story. So absolutely, everyone should have their opportunity to share their story. But then, too, 
but not to the degree of being re-victimized again mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. negative comments mm-hmm. or, like you said, the lack of empathy and mm-hmm. compassion. Now, mm-hmm. And I saw I saw a lot of that. Yeah, so and, the hurt is there all, all over again. Right. You know, where they're being muted again. So well, and I think to some degree, because I mean, if we if we're honest, our feelings were hurt, not mm-hmm. necessarily the victims in the sense mm-hmm. of they're probably not reading Facebook posts. The daughters, you know, were mm-hmm. if you choose to. But even a person in Hollywood like a Beyonce, like a Jay-Z, they're not following people, so to speak, Twitter comments, comment, 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 no. because they understand what that can do to you mm-hmm. because you have your naysayers yes. regardless when uh. you get that attention and that reflection it's almost what you let in what are you allowing to come into your psyche you know as a result of what you've put out there so if Mm -hmm. you do a facebook post about in her space or or you posted the this the uh podcast where we did about the domestic violence Mm -hmm. well you're gonna have naysayers who never experienced it who are going to say, well, I don't understand how you stayed in that because mm-hmm. if it was me, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't you. So mm-hmm. understand that when you put things out there on that platform, release it. Release okay. it with the understanding that you're going to have those mm-hmm. individuals because that's just where people are, whether it's maturity, security, or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to read every single comment on this because right. I know it's controversial. Right. I know right. when I posted the Gillette commercial that somebody's going to feel some type of way about this because where is it about how women offend men, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, but I'm not going to I'm not going to entertain comments at this point because I know that I'm putting this out there and something could come back. So I think we have to understand that too as we're trying to heal you know our community what social media is and unfortunately there's a lot of nastiness Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. and you have to as a person who has been victimized understand what you can handle because some people can read those posts Mm -hmm. and be okay because guess what I'm free Mm -hmm. I'm delivered that's true like so you know everyone that's how you know right you know you're free I know I know my experience I know what I went through your comments doesn't sway that and don't sway my healing or my victory Mm -hmm. so some people can but some people just aren't because they know they're not at that place so I think we we have to be careful in assuming that that re-victimized them because I think I mean there there's also uh, I think a vetting process from my experience too when these things are taking place that people understand the process they understand the before during and after all right so are you ready you know (laughs) and we're signing off on this move forth not to say that, because I don't want to give too much power to Lifetime either. I think these yeah. women were empowered. And they say, okay, we chose the platform for which yeah. we wanted this to come out. Mm-hmm. You didn't choose us. We chose you. You know, I think let's put the power there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So getting back to we we're talking about transformative justice and making a connection, we're going to close real soon here. Because our hope with this conversation was really to begin just to have a discussion about women and our issues and and social justice and our individual contributions that we can make, you know, to to this. What are the contributions that we can make, you know, on a day-to-day basis to make sure that we're continuing to operate in this framework of healing and change and and transformation. I would say um, I, well, I, I work with youth a lot, so that's my context. But yes. um, I think it works with every. I think it works for everybody um, that you may interact with. But 
when things happen, especially in the community, like people, you know, it's one thing when it's a celebrity or someone who you have no connection with, but when something happens in your community, being able to ask the question, like, why did it happen? You know, and being will, being willing to go a little bit deeper and add some maybe clarity, but add some nuance <laughs> to the situation. You know, the the bad kid, you know, may actually have a situation that caused them to do the the act that is in question or, you know, even adults. There's always reasons for why things happen. And and asking that question does require willingness to hear the answer to that um, and to hold that along with everything else you're trying to hold. But I think it slows us down when we ask that question from just being reactive and playing into that um, negative feedback loop. Yes, yes. And and that's right. And sometimes it's hard to slow down, (laughs) but we need to. It's necessary. And I think, too, for me, like when you guys were just talking about R. Kelly and I was listening, and not to take us too far back there, but so we know that they presented this story in a certain way. And when I was like, I haven't looked at any of it. Honestly, I've been busy. Eventually I will. But reading some of the articles I have been doing, and now I know that in some jurisdictions, they're like reopening these cases or reevaluating some things, right? So my question is, okay, so now there's this exposure. Like, it's it's not new, but now we've shined a light on it. So whose responsibility is it to keep informing? Like, okay, well, what's next? Are these victims getting justice? Are we supposed to follow them individually? You know, or how do we, as a, as a larger community with, you know, media and Lifetime reaching wide, like, how is Lifetime going to continue this story? Is it their responsibility? Is it our responsibility to say, hey, Lifetime, y'all done told us all this, so we want to know what's next. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Exactly so that's my question feeling. there. So <laughs> That's um, exactly what I was yeah, Where's like, what's next? Because when we talked about this transformative justice, we said accountability. Yeah. So, so, so where within, is the accountability? So within the framework of transformative <laughs> justice, would the responsibility or the accountability be within the community yes mm. to create to create you know what is needed to right. find those solutions to to it's compel not, them and right. say hey this is what right. we need because you right. open this mm-hmm. up exactly <laughs> now, so it's not you went back to last time it's, it's, saying, it's, yeah wait a minute so it's <laughs> not, not both and though and both yeah, and oh no i'm saying yeah saying create, in my in what i'm hearing is that you're saying creating spaces for abusers that may come out in our community absolutely yeah. absolutely because it's, it's not a production's accountability it's not a lifetime no right accountability. no that's right so what i'm saying yeah. is you know we got to, you know, tell our own stories True. through our own transformative justices, mm-hmm. through right. our own social yeah. justices. So as a community, we're saying who's accountable? We are. Yeah. We are accountable. We do have some right. responsibility. Right. 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 We um, are and accountable. So for me, wow. the other part of what I was going to say is that. And this thinking, is part of like, it. Like, how will we know when we get wherever it is we want to go? So you opened the show talking about, you know, how far have we come? Mm-hmm. Have we made it? Have we arrived at this place? Mm-hmm. Um, so what does success look like mm-hmm. for us? And so when we're going down these pathways and on these journeys, I think it's important for us to know what sort of winning looks like like how make what does progress look like so you kind of have to have a vision for where you want to go and say okay these are the benchmarks this is how we know we're making progress on this issue um because that's kind of work that i'm trying to do is like let me just be more intentional about how i know that this is 
this is making a difference yes, in my life and other people's lives. So mm-hmm. kind of like outcomes and how do we measure success? I sound like a nerd right now. No. <laughs> I think we do have to have some type of blueprint for yeah. like where we want to go. So that goes I, back I, to I, us again as a community, developing absolutely. those and benchmarks and, and, and things. as saying. you said, Jamika, you know, it, it's beginning here. And I think we have this great We Be podcast, but what's most important is that people see us operating out these four corners by showing up together. Yeah, that's true. Where it's like, that's progress, okay? That's the start of a solution. Where we're saying, we know we, we hear them, but do we see, see them? them? So now they have to see us in operation, and you know I'm serious about showing up. Because you know that's my mantra, you, you have to show up. Yes. So in order for us as a group, and it's a small group to hold ourselves accountable yes. to what this thing is saying and to actually put this transformative justice mm-hmm. into action. Yes. We as a small group, and it can start small, we have to show up collectively together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can talk about it all the time on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But when we begin to show up collectively together, yeah. that's going to definitely show they're they really serious. Y'all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they, and I, I think we it. showed, and, and piece of that was when... Tiffany brought up the the walks, uh, well, the community uh-huh. walks, yes. and yes. that was a forming of us coming yeah, together. Absolutely. Uh, we absolutely. all couldn't make it to every one, but we showed up together. And Tiffany was putting it out there, mm-hmm. and then and to bring out what ended up happening with that, mm-hmm. other people joined in yes. because we jo- we showed up. Yes. So that's a model that we can use mm-hmm. and show that it actually works. Mm-hmm. If we come together mm-hmm. in these spaces, we're talking, and then show up outside, yes. and then it draws other people in. Because they see, okay, Absolutely. they see what's what, what's mm-hmm. more than just talking about it, mm-hmm. it's action behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's mm-hmm. good. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. Bam! Because you know we're, we're, all, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in a, um, you know, a time where... We have to be seen. Yeah. Every, every, you you got to show, you got to snap a picture. Yeah. You got to show what you're doing. Yes. But for us who is modest, sometimes I don't yeah, always yeah, we, get on there. <laughs> and we I got, don't always showcase what I'm doing. Yeah. But trust, those who know me know I'm doing yes. it. Yes. But in order for, in, the, in our current situation and how we operate, I'm understanding that showing up may mean that snap of a picture. Wow. Not in vain. But act intentionally to show, you know, you meet the needs where the people are. That's so true. And if they are on social media, you have to change that story. We have to change our own story, and we have to tell it what it really is. But not what people think it is. Oh, but that's good, Yamika, because, you know, and it's some. We sometimes we pull back because, like you said, you want to operate in humility. Because I have mm-hmm. pictures of things that I do. I don't yes. post everything yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. I because because it's a level of you know yes. you don't want to just broadcast right. everything you're right. doing. Mm-hmm. Right. But Absolutely. are we missing something mm-hmm. when we don't mm-hmm. put that out there? Because everything mm-hmm. else is being posted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we may miss it. I'll speak for myself. Sometimes I may miss it, and then when I'm going back, and I was like. That should have been shared. Wow. Why didn't I share that? So now I'm even learning for myself that when my work in progress and passion, I need to show it and tell it. Mm. Not just because I want to show humility and integrity. Those who are connected with me know that I have humility and integrity. Mm-hmm. And my work will show for itself. So now it has to be purposeful and intentional wow. of what and how the work is done. That's good. That's good stuff. Wow. We want to spark the interest in the hearts of others to to have the conversations. 
I was just thinking um, in comparison to where we were when uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was alive and well mm-hmm. and fighting for, for human rights. I would just say I, th- I think we've made many more strides than we give our cre- ourselves credit mm-hmm. for, yes. um, especially in light of the fact that you do have uh, resources, you have hotlines, you have groups, you have people having conversations that your grandparents never had. Right, And you That's can so just true. go as far back to your grandparents, That's true. to be honest. And so I think, to me, that shows progress, but you just never, you, you, we should never get content with where we are to just make it a, a, a lifestyle and part of the culture. Like, this is what we do, yes. period. And so I think uh, when it comes to uh, healing and showing up, you know, like Yamika said, showing up, you know, as a group is one way, but you can show up individually. Mm-hmm. You know, when you yeah. see, mm-hmm. I mean, there have been people I mean, you can message somebody individually. I don't do everything public, like you said. You know? (laughs) It's like, hey, sis, ain't heard from you in a while. How you been? You know, I might send a resource somebody's way. I mean, those are ways that we just, if something's on your spirit, if something's on your heart, do it mm-hmm. and, and show up for that sister, yes. show up for that brother Absolutely. who may or may not know these resources. I mean, we do it all the time with, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times with NOP with just little simple stuff that people don't know about streetlights and who I can call for the alley repair and all that. Mm-hmm. Those That's showing up. Yeah. And I think sometimes we want it to be this big production. Yeah. And it's just like, it don't no, have to be that. They, if you just did those little things on a weekly basis, where mm-hmm. can you show up for somebody who you see you know, from a post or a comment, like, yes. ah, you know, I think it I need to connect huge. this person with somebody else. That's huge. So that's the transformation. That's Would the that transformation. be the transformation piece that we're talking about? Yeah, I think that definitely because we're creating um, spaces for the transformation to occur. I right. think that's what that is. So, like, when you're building those relationships or you're creating um, an environment, like, say you're you know, you have someone you know is going through um, a difficult situation in their home and you're creating a safe space for them to come into your home, you know, so they know that they have that. Or you create like a list of four friends, like say there's five of us in this room, like say we all had each other on speed dial or something and creating those alternative systems so that transformation can occur. Yes. Like that's it's well, it's transforming a how we deal with things. Right. Yes. Um, and then through those relationships and those bonds, we can create transformation together outside of ourselves when we start putting the pieces together and we start involving, you know, community resources and institutions and organizations and services. Wow, that's good. Wow, so this has been an amazing discussion. For those of you who are listening in, um, you are listening to the We Be Podcast, Women Embracing Better Efforts. We want to thank Darshiel Core. Thank you so much for being here in our space. You're, thank you so much for sharing. Um, you provided so much insight, so we won't appreciate you for being here. And to uh, Yamika and Tiffany and Jamika, thank you so much, too. For those of you who are listening in, for more information about We Be Podcast, go to www.inherspace.com slash podcast. And also you can check us out on Blog Talk Radio. And for those of you who are on iTunes, subscribe today, inherspace.com. We're so glad that you have joined us. And we encourage you as you uh, think about as we go into this new season in in 2019, think about ways that we can begin to individually transform ourselves and transform our communities. And until next time, thank you so much and be blessed.